best thing since automation. Rodney Dion Live. Joining me now, Australian actor, producer, director, with a career spanning 40 years, most notably known for his role as the deranged outback killer Mick Taylor from the Wolf Creek series. It's a very big welcome to John Jarrett. G'day, how are you? 44 years. 44 years? Oh, so I was, try- I was trying to... I'm old, uh, I'm old. <laughs> I was Thanks for to, wheeling me in here. I was trying to give the illusion, yeah, a bit, bit, bit younger. No, but uh, an impressive career there. I spent, in fact, you know, with play school. Uh, I never did play school. No play school? No, but I got a T-shirt that I wear at Supernova that says, I never did effing play school. Oh, right. Cause, well, cause I, I, I Everyone know. thinks I've done play school, and no. we don't know why. Why is that? This, we this... don't know why. We think it might be John Waters in the 70s looked a bit like me. A bit like you. Because I remember, obviously, Better Homes and Gardens. as the as Better the Homes and Gardens, man. I definitely did that. Yes. <laughs> so, well, sorry about that. That's all right. You're just one of millions. One of a million, right. Wolf Creek. Now, it's definitely a cult classic, uh, groundbreaking for Australian horror. Uh, and this coming Wednesday, Hoyt's Erina, a double feature, Wolf Creek 1 and 2, plus a Q&A with yourself. What can the punters expect? Well, you've got a very rare chance to see both movies uh, on the big screen. That's not going to happen very often, if at all. So take advantage of it. And it's a huge dose of Wolf Creek. It's Wolf Creek 1 and 2. And there'll be a QA and a in the middle of it. Not too long, so we're not bore you and keep you there all night. And then we'll have a bit of a get-together uh, at the end of it. And uh, it should be a, a brilliant night. Absolutely. And I was going to say, horror movie fans, I mean, uh, me being one of them, I'd like to say we're either on par or even worse than sort of sci-fi fans. So are you ready for some uh, out there questions? I mean, you know, when you stab so-and-so in the gut and his intestines fell on the left when they should have fell on the right? Or are you I, ready I, for those I, type I, of questions? I love all the horror nerdy questions. And if, you, if you're out there and you're going to go and see this film, think of a curly question because I get asked the obvious questions, you know, how did you get the laugh? Yeah. And, you know, do the laugh. <laughs> okay, we've done that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I like to get um, curly questions. It makes it interesting. Right, okay. And this sort of uh, is it's going towards a new production that uh, you're working on. Yes. Um, I've written a script called What About Sal? And it's about a Down syndrome guy whose mother is dying and he, she's got, he's got nobody else and he has to go find his estranged father who's a one-night stand back in 1983 right. and a rock uh, and rock and roller and, and he has to go into the city, this Down Syndrome guy, and find his estranged father. Otherwise, he goes to a group house. And that's basically the movie. And uh, the star of the show is Gerard O'Dwyer, who's a Down Syndrome actor uh, who won Best Actor, not Best Down Syndrome Actor, Best Actor right. at Tropfest in 2009. And he's made many films since... And um, and theatre, so we're raising money uh, t- so that we're able to make that film. Yeah. Now, I know in general trying to make a film in Australia is almost bloody impossible. And I guess sort of uh, going back to the Wolf Creek uh, side of things, uh, is it harder to make? I mean, it's hard to make movies in Australia in general. Is it even harder when you sort of put the horror tag on Australian films? No, um, it's always been bloody impossible. Mm. Uh, I've never Australian. I've been in the Australian film industry since Picnic at Hang Rock in 74. We yeah. made that. Um, it's never been easy. I've never been in a meeting where someone says, now the budget's not a problem. <laughs> um, it's very difficult. And see, I don't mind that because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So um, it usually sorts out the sheep from the goats and uh, the people who should be making movies are making movies because of that. 
you know. So I don't think it's all bad. Uh, what I don't like, um, what is um, giving me the horrors about Australian feature films, is this business of um, uh, limited seasons in distribution, which is um, French for driving it off a cliff because um, it never gets its legs in the cinema. We don't get the general releases that we used to get in the cinema because of the Hollywood thing that's happening. You know, they've got some sort of mortgage on on the uh, cinema chains. Right. So that's a problem. But the upside is um, the streaming thing is um, very good. Mm. The stands and the Netflix and Amazon's coming on, and, and, and that's that's solved a couple of problems. There, there is an outlet for for the movies if. If it's a decent movie, you'll sell it. Yeah. Um, and the um, and it's put a big um, uh, break on the illegal downloads. Yeah, because I, I know you're you're part of that big campaign uh, going around a few years ago about illegal downloads and making sure, obviously, you know, people are paid for, you know, to see a movie, especially yes. Australian movies. So obviously, the right people get paid and yes. get the, get their money, so to speak. Yeah, illegal downloads is is uh, theft. You yeah. know, if um, if you, if you could get a, a, a boarding pass on any airline in the world to fly anywhere in the world, and you could just download a boarding pass, mm. the government would soon put a stop to that. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what you're doing to this to the uh, film industry worldwide, and the television industry worldwide, um, and under the guise of, ah, oh, well, mm. you know, I'll, I'll download that. Nicole Kidman's a millionaire. What's yeah. it matter? But, you know, uh, we didn't get into this business to become millionaires. We got in this business because we really love our craft. We love being actors. And it's a waste of time sitting on a pile of money uh, doing nothing. Um, uh, there's more to life than being rich. Yeah. You know, we love doing the work that we do. I mean, Nicole is doing um, Big Little Lies on TV now. You know, big, we're the big actors are moving towards TV as well uh, and and you've really got to stop downloading especially if you like Australian cinema and yeah. television um, there's two kinds of actors in Australia there's poor actors and there's poor and famous actors and famous. so you know you're really killing yeah. killing the thing you love and I guess it's, it's such a like you kind of said oh Nicole Kidman's a millionaire like it's such an off you don't think you don't realise the ripple effect I guess that it has on the uh, local industry well you, you, it makes you realise where people's heads are at where they they um, their barometer is how much money it got mm. you know uh, I think you've got to be emotionally stable not financially stable I think emotionally stable is the most important thing in the world yeah. and if you've got some money to boot great but it's not all about we can rip them off because they're rich you know the home of rock on the coast rodney dion live i'm speaking with australian actor john jarrett we spoke about it earlier not appearing in play school but a lot of people think you did i was going to say because most of my generation would say play school or um better homes and gardens as the handyman or mcleod's daughter daughters uh and then 2005 comes the release of wolf creek mm. um a very different character in Mick Taylor to what people, you know, would see you on the screen as. I mean, back then, was there was there a bit of hesitation in sort of uh, playing such a deranged character? Because I guess you sort of had built a career of being the nice guy on TV. Was that was was that enticing or was it scary? What was yeah, that transition? I, well, I had a. I mean, way back into the seventies and eighties, I did a lot of movies, uh, like 
Yacht Angry Shot and all those sorts of films. And I always played the the, the guy, the boy next door, the nice yeah. guy, the good country boy. Um, uh, I played Ned Kelly in The Last Outlaw. Yeah. Um, those kind, those kinds of heroic Rogue-y. parts, yeah. um, and you know Irish rogues, and um, but I'd, I'd never played a, a horror character before, um, so I, I just looked at it as a, um, an opportunity. I didn't yeah. think about it, anything else. Um, I did play a nasty guy in a miniseries, um, uh, back in the in um, in the eighties. So it's not exactly brand new, um, but a tremendous character to play. Mm. You know, as an actor, it's a really real um, test of your ability to make such a horrible person truthful when there's not a, an ounce of it in my body. Mm. <laughs> you know? But I mean, I think it's because you, you own the character uh, so much. I think because you know, using sort of. Um like you say, the laugh, uh, and I think the the term winner was—is that something that you sort of you would use in your own? Co- it was like just a term that you would coin. That was an ad lib, um, and and Greg McLean, the director, was going to cut it out, and uh, he didn't like it. Right. And I said, "You are joking." I said, yeah, "Cut that out, and I won't do a, another film with you." And I, we're we're good mates. We can yeah. we can do that kind of banter. And uh, I insisted they keep that in, and yeah. it became one of the catch cries. Yeah. And it's the catch cry of my brother, Brian, who's 18 months younger than me, who's a much better athlete than I'll ever be. Right. And he used to win everything. Yeah. He'd play table tennis, and he'd slam one through. Whatever it was, when he won, he would go, the winner! And it, I stole it off my brother. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And there's this... Uh I mean, he's been in the news of late uh, for being a bit crook. Uh, Ivan Milat. Now, they sort of said the rough sort of base around Wolf Creek was mm. about the Ivan Milat murders. Is that more truth than fiction? Um, it was inspired by it, but yeah. it's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, Mick Taylor is an outback kind of guy, and, um, you know, he's a brew shooter and he's brought up in the bush. Milat was brought up in in the burbs of, of Sydney. Mm, that's right. And he was a road worker, and um, he was an immigrant, and he's about five eight, and um, nothing like Mick Taylor at all, apart from the fact that they're both psychopaths. Psychopaths, right? Uh, and um, Murdoch was more the bloke Murdoch who killed a, a, those British people in the combi. Mm. Um, he he was more Mick Taylorish, but. He came out after Mick Taylor was yeah, made, so yeah. it's just um, just a coincidence, really. But no, it's just just um, that thing of the outback and people disappearing, and some people disappearing, and not and no one knows why. There's the, they're mm. looking for a backpacker now, yeah. Actually, who's just gone missing. And I so, guess is that just sort of fascination as well with Australia, sort of the the Australian outback. Like you know, you come to Australia, you might nearly get killed from spiders or yeah, you know, something. Well, or it's other. a combination of both. When Greg wrote it, he liked the um, the the majesty and the mystery of the outback, and he liked the idea of a, a sort of a rogue mm. loner out there, no, that no one could find a will o' the wisp, you know, yeah. a Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> 
And do you feel like the, the first Wolf Creek, it was sort of more a, a thriller and uh, then sort of Wolf Creek 2 more, I guess, is your traditional kind of a little bit of a slasher horror film? Do you feel there was a bit of a change? No, I think the first one was more. scarier than the f- second one. Um, and I, don't, I think it was horror. Yeah. I mean, um, cutting fingers off and severing spines is doesn't get more horrific than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else we got to do. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, I think they're both horror films. Okay. Mm. And 2016, we saw the miniseries, which was uh, released on Stan. Um, mm. Is there any sort of? Uh, I mean, you've talked about the production that you're working on at the moment. Uh, mm. Any chance of any sort of? I guess other installments of Wolf Creek or spin-offs? Oh well, we want to do a series three. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we're in talks about that right now as we speak. I actually spoke to Greg on the way up to here. Oh, to, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on Series 3, and then after Series 3, we think we're probably just about done it in the TV thing, and we'd like to do a couple more movies, movies yeah. before I get in the walking frame, you know? Because <laughs> I was driving on the way here, and I was trying to think, um, would you say uh, Mick Taylor is the Aussie equivalent of a Freddy Krueger? Uh, no, I'd prefer to say Mick Taylor's more like a... a a, a Rambo or an Indiana Jones or not in a, the, the, the traditional sense or not in a horror sense yeah in in the sense of an I- iconic um, movie character character yeah um, Freddy Krueger um, that, that's a guy in a mask it's not really real and it, I, I think it's just an I happens to be ho- horror but it's an iconic yeah. horror character as I believe, you know, Silence of the Lambs character is mm. an iconic um, movie character. And uh, it's it's very humbling and very um, satisfying to be involved in a character, you know, that people say to me, call me Mick Taylor, and they call Stallone Rambo, Rambo or Rocky, yeah, Rocky or the other guy, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. So that, that's, a, that's a feather in the cap. Yeah, okay. And, and I think we have an iconic... Australia has an iconic um, movie character in, in in Mick Taylor. What's the next thing I was going to bring up? I mean, everyone sort of goes to the Wolf Creek character, Mick Taylor. So, like, do you do you get sick of it? But obviously, a feather in the cap. It's something that you you're quite proud of. Oh yeah, I am. I'm very proud of it, and I'm very proud of Greg for coming up with it. And um, we created um, an iconic character, and it, it it's it's a great character to play. I never get sick of doing it, um, and. Uh, you know, you get to play out your fantasies of... I mean, there's... We're, we're all civilised, but there are... If, if you said, is there a human being on the planet, if you could get away with it, you'd really like to punch really hard in the face. <laughs> Most people would say, yeah, mm. but we're all civilised enough not to do that. Yeah. So acting, you get to, you, you get to pretend and you get to get away with... Um, these sorts of things like uh, you play a, a, a gay guy really well like Michael Douglas did well you get to for five minutes you get to feel like what it's like to be gay even though you know I'm a chronic heterosexual mm. but that's the thing about acting you know you can you can, you can uh, explore these things like on the Isle Angry Shot I became a bloody good soldier and uh, the guy who was training us was over the moon how good we got in weeks you know so it's it's uh, it's quite a um, canvas that we paint for ourselves. And I know um, this is uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. when he first um, took on the Iron Man role. I think a lot of people were kind of like scratching their head going, oh, really? But I think he sort of explained it as 
uh, that's their job as actors is to, you know, uh, shock people or, you know, change people's uh, perception or, you know, that's what mm. we do. We're, we're actors and we sort of go into these roles which you would necessarily think wouldn't be suited mm. for them. Does that, you know, does that sort of... Um, yeah, you know, no, I think he'd probably be really inspired by the 100 million that they offered him as well. Well, that as well. Yeah. What I about if they offered Iron Man to you? Uh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I hate spandex, spandex movies, as Mel Gibson calls it, yeah. spandex movies. Um, I, I don't like them. And uh, one more movie is a bunch of bloody male models saving America is enough to make me want to puke. <laughs> so bad example then. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd do it because they pay me a, a, a lot of money, but. Um, only because of that. Mm, and, but it's an art form behind it, like you were saying before, isn't it? It's sort of getting that gratification as well. Yeah, well, I, that's, you pick the one thing that I don't like. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a spandex mm. actor. I don't think of myself in those realms. So I don't think I'll ever get the choice because I'm 67 now. I'm a bit mm. too old to be the handsome young man, you know, swooping through... Manhattan bashing some bloody alien up. Now, uh, this Wednesday, it's the double feature at Hoyt's Air and Art, Wolf Creek 1 and 2, and a special Q&A with yourself. Um, let's get some bums on the seats. Uh, it would be great, uh, like you said, you want some curly questions there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, but, I mean, uh, what else can the punters expect uh, from Wednesday? Uh, well, I think you've pretty well covered it. But just remember what it's for, and it's to raise money for mm. an, another Aussie film. And uh, also go to the GoFundMe page and what about selling... You can put two dollars in if you want. Absolutely. Or two thousand, or two hundred thousand. However generous you feel. <laughs> and uh, online as well, if you want to check out uh, how to get tickets to the event on Wednesday, it's at Taipan Films uh, as well. You can check that out, out online. Uh, it's a very big thank you to John Jarrett. Thank you very much for coming and, in here. And I think we're giving away two double passes if you ring in here. Two double passes. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So you know the phone numbers out there, kids. Four three double two double zero seven two. Okay. That's the number. John two, Jarrett. Two double you. passes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Radio's best kept secret and hottest free agent, Rodney Dion, live.